Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Manchester Football Social Podcast. Thank you very much for downloading this. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure you have subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Plus, if you don't know, there is a Man City and a Man United channel as well. So if you support City or United, you can go and get a podcast about your team without all the rubbish about the other team. (laughs) Just search Manchester City or Manchester United Football Social. Me, Steve and Jay will be back after this. Enjoy. Manchester Football Social. Welcome, welcome to the Manchester Football Social. Your chance to have your say on your team. Get involved tonight. Share your thoughts on a double win for the Manchester teams. Stunning from Manchester City for about 20 minutes or so, but that was enough and stuttering for Manchester United. But again, it was just enough. 0345 treble 1 76 25 is the phone number to call. 0345 treble 1 76 25 or you can get us on the text tonight as well 87711 share your thoughts on City United or anyone else you fancy as well I'm Jim and also in the studio taking your calls tonight we've got Steve McInerney for the Blues hello Jim you alright I'm alright thank you uh, today I want to talk about Bernardo Silva why is he not higher in the running for the player of the year what people to text in and let him know should he deserve the player of the year a candidate at the very least it's weird, I've heard so many people talking about Bernardo Silva this season, but most of them are City yeah. fans. He doesn't get many plaudits from the other fans. Your views on that are very welcome. And for the red side tonight, we've got Jay Mossed from Full Time Devils. Evening, Jay. Hi, Jim. You okay? Yeah, good time, mate. Yeah, what I'm asking about is Ander Herrera. It looks as though he's going to be leaving. He wanted 200k a week. The club won't give it him. Is he worth it? Should we have just paid up? And is he off? Right, your thoughts on that as well. 0345 7625. There are the numbers. Get involved. We're going to kick off with United because it was another poor display at the weekend, Jay. And I want to know, is that it? Is it just another poor display from United? There's been a couple on the bounce now. Or is it connected to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's appointment as full-time manager, which happened just a few days before the game? Can we officially say that the Ole honeymoon period is over now. Is it gone? Is it done? <laughs> I don't think it's over. I think it's going to last a little bit longer. I think it, it may end as a honeymoon period uh, once, or if, I should say, Barcelona beat us. Um, but I, I just... said <laughs> when? Yeah, I know. There's, there's a bit of optimism <laughs> for you. Yeah, you can see uh, I'm fairly back in my, my, my team there. Um, I just think that you, you have to ask how much should we left on the on the pitch in Paris because we've not looked the same, same since. I think... Um, Saturday was probably the worst we've played under Ollie. I think it was mm. worse than even the Wolves game. I know we won against Watford, but we we were we weren't great at all. And the Watford weren't that good. We just made them look good. I think um, the field was almost non-existent. Defensively, we probably 
it was one of our better performances. I think everyone's sort of groaned a little bit when they see Phil Jones and Chris Bowen lining up, but they thought they did a good job. I thought Luke Shaw played well. His, his ball for the first goal was, was excellent. Isn't that worrying in itself, though, that if Phil Jones and Chris Smalling are your best players on the night, that's not a good, good sign? Yeah, I mean... Because they shouldn't... I mean, no matter what team they're in, they shouldn't be the best players in that team. Watford are decent, to be fair. No, yeah, yeah. They are decent, yeah, so... It's very dismissive, you know. Watford are sort of, I think, the seventh or eighth? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're the best of the rest, in my opinion. Yeah, no, or, you're right. Or Wolves, one of the two, anyway. And the, they're having a great season. They're in semi-finals. They, you know, they always turn up. They're not, they're not the sort of team that sort of comes to a trap and rolls over and dies you have to you know you know you're in for a bit of a fight when Watford are there oh they don't attempt actually but it's like oh, one right. point in between 7th and 10th so it's like yeah. nothing there you know with yeah. Wolves Leicester Everton I mean you know it wasn't that long ago that United were below below that pack <laughs> so um, so we can't say too many things for granted but no it is a little bit worrying our form since Paris hasn't been good players have looked a little bit tired and leggy at times um, I think a little bit of that comes down to the manager he, he, by his own admission he may have brought in some players who weren't fully fit, rushed them back in a little bit, but we need to be kicking on. If we've got any chance against Barcelona, we can't be having the performances like we've had against Wolves, like we had against Arsenal, and certainly not like we had against Watford. I mean, I know it's not like Manchester United to mismanage a managerial appointment in any way. It'd be very unusual for them to do that. But you yeah. look at the timing of this, and there were rumours that after the PSG game, the stunning victory, that that was it. It was decided then that Solskjaer had the job full-time. Yeah. Since then... As you pointed out, losses to Arsenal, losses to Wolves, now a scraped win against Watford. Has, nervy, has, the, isn't it? has just nervy. the handing over of this... Stop smiling. <laughs> hey. But has, over it, has the timing just been terrible in terms of... It didn't make much sense giving Solskjaer the job straight after the international break. They kind of let that early momentum die away by not giving him straight after the PSG game. Or is that nothing to do with it? It's pure coincidence that these results have followed straight after this announcement. I don't, I don't, I mean, you can, there's two ways you look at it. I know some fans think we should have waited till the end of the season. I, on this show or on the, on the sister show, um, on the Full Time Devil show, said wait until the end of the season mm. and then make a decision. Even though I thought Ollie was the right man for the job, I didn't think there was any need to rush the appointment through. After the PSG game, yeah, you're right, we're on such a high and then to do it a little bit later. But the only thing I can say in defence of appointing him now, is if you are identifying targets, which is a big if when it comes to Manchester United's transfer policy, because sometimes I think someone's <laughs> just throwing a dart in a dartboard with a bunch of panini stickers on it and just wondering where it, wherever it lands. But um, if you are going to start identifying targets, start pursuing them, it's better to do it sooner rather than later. So I don't know if that's had anything to do with it, because the big question was, if Oli isn't going to be the manager, then who is and what's going to happen transfer-wise. So if you know it is him, is that, has that had anything to do with it? I don't know. A lot of what goes on with my club when it comes to managers makes zero sense since Fergie left, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, it'll take a, a cleverer man than me to, to unpick the bones out of that one. Talking about transfer targets, it looks like one of the transfer targets United need in the summer is going to be something creative in that midfield because... At the moment, Pogba looks like the only creative player in the midfield, and when he had an off game, as he did at the weekend, there's just nothing there. No, it's it's disappointing and it's worrying because you shouldn't just be relying... Yes, I get the, the argument that Paul Pogba should be playing better than he did, but you shouldn't just be relying on Paul Pogba to... to beat a team like Watford and I know we did win but it's other players should be stepping up and we have just looked lethargic in midfield look lack, lack of ideas and it doesn't matter if we're missing one or two players there's a quality throughout that team and you think we should be able to to create more than we are doing and when you look at the likes of Nemanja Matic he's more defensive and a Herrera it looks like could be on his way he's a little bit more 
he, he does have a creative side to him, but again, he's a bit more box-to-box for me. So I don't know. I just think we are missing something, a little bit yeah, of a spark there. And playing someone like, say, I've, I've seen Juan Mata play in midfield. We've seen Jesse Lingard do it for England, but they're not the answer to that That particular problem. Yeah, I don't think I've... Well, Mata mainly for his age, and he's on, yeah. the, he's on the downward trajectory anyway. Oh, but yeah. Lingard is, you know, he's a good squad player, but he's not this guy who's going to unlock a tight game, is he really? He's the, more about energy and yeah, he's, he's, he's moment. He's more thing. of an outlet, I think, yeah. Jesse Lingard. If you're looking for someone to give the ball to and, and you know play a one-two or get into the box and he'll create, you know, he create that way. I don't see him as someone who's as deep as a midfielder. He's more of an attacker. He's yeah. that sort of in-between position between midfielder and attack. So do you think we need someone... There was a time when um, people thought Andre, Andre Pereira might be the answer. Mm. Jose used him more of a defensive midfielder. He actually shone in pre-season in that role. He's been in and out of the team. Doesn't I don't know if he's going to be the answer. Fred, who's almost... Even now, came into back into the team. Everyone sort of remembered him again. Thought, oh, yeah, forgot about him. Did well, did well in Paris. Actually, thought he did all right against Arsenal, even though we, you know, gave away a, a very harsh penalty. He, it, I know it's a bit soon to say he's only been at the club what six months, but I don't know if he's going to be the answer. So, I don't know. It's just, it's one of them. You have to wait and see. I think what happens as well in terms of who's leaving because if. There's a big question mark. If Pogba's still going to be around next season, we might be looking for two midfielders rather than one. Let's talk about Paul Pogba in just a moment. We're going to go to the phone. It's got Dylan waiting on the phone. He's a red. Evening, Dylan. Hey, Kay. Yeah, my light. How are you? Yeah, good task. We've got a load to go at tonight. We've got um, Paul Pogba yeah. potentially leaving. We've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, <laughs> who's been appointed and lost his first game. We've got a poor performance against Watford. What are you going at this evening? Um, if I go at Pogba... Uh, which is obviously what everyone seems to do. Um, I, I, I just don't know. He, um, he's obviously an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented player. And I don't think there's a team in Europe who'd say no to having him on the books. If you're looking for a guy to build your team around in, in, in the current day, who's better to build it around? When you look at him, he's got everything he can defend, he can attack, he can score goals, create goals. He, he, he's a phenomenal player. But I just, I'll always have a, a question about his mentality, I think. Not that he isn't a winner, it's not that he hasn't got a winning mentality, it's I think his mind is so easily swayed here, there and everywhere. I, I, I find it so scarcely focused on football and the club he's at. And I, I think that's where his problem lies. And again, you, you see, he was captain against Wolves the other, the other week when we, when we lost. And then he starts flirting with Madrid behind the scenes from what we've been told by the media. And I just, again, like, you've just been named captain of Man United Football Club and you're going about flirting with a club who, historically, we've not had the best dealings with. Mm. <laughs> Go on, Jay, I can see your dines coming here. No, I mean, I get where Dylan's coming from and Pog Brass's reputation, but sometimes I do think it's a little bit harsh because he's, what, is he 27? He's had, what, two professional clubs, is he? So yeah. at the age of 27? Yeah, well, two or three, depends if you so count, count United once there. or twice. Yeah, yeah, well, he's been at United <laughs> twice. But, and then people say, oh, you know, he always wants to leave and, and, and he, he does this, that and the other. And for me, I don't think Pop is actually the issue. I think it's Mino Riola. I think he's, I think well, you could argue that probably yeah, needs to stop listening to him. Point. Yeah, I think Pop to me looks like yeah. a pretty happy-go-lucky lad. I think for me the issue yeah. is, and from what I've heard from, you know, we've heard from Fergie and other people is, Riola is just all about the money and if he can get more money 
for, for Pogba. He doesn't care how he does that. And I mm. think that's the worry for me is that he'll be the one pushing for Pogba to go to Madrid or to anywhere where he can get a massive transfer because he'll get a cut of it. And I think what we've got to hope, because as like you said, Dylan, I think Paul Pogba, you know, he's a great player and when he's on form, he's great. I, oh, yeah, I want to keep him. When, when in full flow, he is phenomenal. You, 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 I think it was um, the first game I think I really saw him shine it was uh, I think Everton away was it under Mourinho he played as a left central yeah no that was one of his best games and he looked he looked incredible for the first time I think since he got to United that was the game where he, he, it clicked I think and I just I think it clicked too scarcely and I, I don't know what that is I think it it, it comes down to Surely, what he's got around him, I think he, I think he, he's used as, as our only attacking hope sometimes, yeah. and, and it, it doesn't help when I think if you look at the Watford game and he, he was being asked to create everything and he had a fairly poor game to be honest, but so did everyone barring a, a couple. I think I think you've got to look at who else was there to create, and you're looking at Van Mata and as lovely as a guy as he is and as good a footballer he used to be. What does he offer at the highest level nowadays? What does Matter offer at that very pinnacle? I, I don't think he offers a lot. Cheers, Dylan. Thank you very much for getting involved. Thanks, really appreciate Dylan. that. I mean, you have to say the timing is terrible for Paul Pogba to have a shocker just after this flirtation comes out with Real Madrid, <laughs> where he describes them as his real club. Then Zin as Dan <sighs> does little kissy faces back and says, "I like Pogba a lot." It is bad timing what for a that, player. Sorry? Kissy faces back. <laughs> yeah. Are you making this up now? Like, <laughs> no, are they on football Tinder? Zin came out and said he likes Paul Pogba a lot, which, <laughs> oh, which is the equivalent of hey, passing a note in class. Well, yeah, I like tell you him? a lot. Yeah. It's like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> but it's it's bad timing to then, for a player who notoriously plays well when his head is right and doesn't when it's not, it's bad timing to have a bad game. It is, but again, sometimes I look at these these comments and I think, was he really flirting with Real Madrid or was it just he was on away with France and someone's asking about Zidane and Zidane's like one of mm. the biggest legends in French football history and he says, you know, who wouldn't want to play for him? Is it that... Is it sort of being blown out of proportion? Yeah, I think he does need to be a bit savvier with what he says because he knows he should know by now everything gets analysed and, and sort of and spoken about whenever he makes a comment about another club or anything like that. But I don't know, sometimes I wonder if it is getting blown a little bit out of proportion. In terms of having a bad game, there's never a good time to have a bad game. So I think it's it's just unfortunate for him that again he wasn't he didn't you know, he didn't play in Paris and now it's we're sort of waiting for yeah. that, that performance since then from, from a lot of players and, and, and from him as well even though he didn't play then 0345 treble 1 76 25 is the phone number if you want to get involved 0345 treble 1 76 25 we've got Woody on the phone evening Woody <laughs> evening hi Woody you alright mate evening alright <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about Woody uh Jay's favourite player around <laughs> So what do you make of the situation? So Herrera has reportedly asking for £200,000 a week from the club if he's going to stay there. He's on the last year of his contract. The club are saying, that's too much. We'd only give you 200 k Off you go. Uh, well, if you want someone to drive him to the airport, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give him it. No, no chance. Seldom um, so have a good game. Zero far between. If you're looking for a player to pass four foot sideways and he's your man or shadow someone around the pitch I think you found your player but that's about it I wouldn't give him it not but a chance he gets it though would he he gets United <laughs> hey don't you, don't yeah, you so, see that so, 
He's United through and through. I get United, but it don't mean I'm any good. Isn't that something to say? You need experience, maybe, as you start to build a team and he starts exactly. bringing young players. This is a City fan saying. A City fan knows about this, buddy. Use United fan. I mean, you did it all wrong. Maybe I'm just kind of planning to say so you should keep him. Yeah, maybe, yeah, right? like, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Let's not no, listen general, to him too much. I think he's, I think he's alright. I think he's the kind of person where you don't build the first team round him, but as a backup, you know, it's like it's surely he's not that listen, bad. You, what do you know what, as well as I do? Next, next season when McTominay's playing sweaty game games, game everyone will be moaning. Everyone will be saying, why did we let Herrera go? We all know next season, midfield three is still going to be Matt Tomine, Fred and Herrera in it. Isn't the problem here that he's asking for 200 grand a week, which is a lot of money for... for, I'm going to say an average footballer. Right, well, I'll disagree on the average point, but if you if you, if you you see your teammates, some of your teammates like Alexis Sanchez on 150 well, grand a week more than you, and they're not even first-team players, and you're playing every game, and this is your last big contract, why wouldn't you ask for 200k well, a week? Maybe that's the problem because of the Sanchez thing, which has been famously reported now about really unsettling because of the exorbitant fees he's on in Sanchez. Maybe they need to start saying no to someone, yeah. and maybe it's one of those kind of necessary evils where you have to turn down some big figures to try and reset the balance I mean I don't for one think anyone's trying to do that but that's what the logical thing would mm. to do to me it's just like saying no, they're trying to they've got some distorted wage structure thing going on but they're obviously overvaluing some people maybe slightly undervaluing some other people but it's tough isn't it because you do I I would if I was a United fan for now and I would probably want someone like Carrera just to be around the squad while Solskjaer build his own team but then again, it is a lot of money, 200 grand. And that's, on a basic level, that's more than the likes of Bernardo Silva. A lot more, in fact. He's on about 140. A City pay, they pay relatively low, but higher bonuses as opposed to, you know. That so, pains me. The one you yeah. Is yeah. Woody gone, by the way? Yeah, Woody's still here. <laughs> oh, oh, right. I thought he'd gone then. No, I think, yeah. No. I, sorry, go on, Woody. No, I'm not gone. <laughs> <laughs> Just come back. He's not gone. Well, you know, you know, Woody, we're going to have to move no, on. No, but he made a point there. He said, you know, when you want someone to shadow around the pitch or whatever, or you want someone to pass the, the ball four yards. But Herrera's does the job you ask him to do. If you ask him to man Mark Eden Hazard for 90 minutes, he'll do that. If you ask him to sit in deep so Paul Bobba can go wandering up the pitch, he does that and it'll be missed when he's gone, believe me. But it does come down to that £200,000 wage bill and whether he's worth that and you're right, you've made a rod for your own back by paying Alexis Sanchez 350, 400, 500 grand a week or whatever you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, now your players that play every week, like your De Hairs and your Herreras, are going to want parity in a wage structure. I haven't got an issue with him asking for 200k a week. The Glazers take more than that per minute out of the club, so yeah. I think he's every every right to ask for a, a, a pay rise for what will be his last big contract. I mean, what is he, 29, mm. 30? So he's not, he's not got many years left in him, and I think he's right to ask for what is still a lot less than some of his teammates. Woody, cheers for coming on, mate. Thanks, Thanks very much. If you want to get involved, 0345 We'll talk about Manchester City very soon. We've got Brian, who's also a red and a regular on the Manchester on, Football Brian. Social on the phone. Evening, Brian. Hi, Brian. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right, cheers, mate. So how was your weekend watching United? Unimpressive? It was just lacklustre, wasn't it? A bit, a bit, um, <laughs> they are a bit dead. But, I mean, it's just everything that's going on at the minute, and it's just a bit neither here nor there. What did you make of the um, the quotes from Solskjaer when he said after the game it felt like a funeral in the dressing room? I mean, you won as well, so it's like, is that, I, I mean, to me, it, obviously I, I'm really biased, so I can't pretend not to be, but are you not a little bit worried about that, given the fact that people have said I the am, energy would run around eventually, you know, so, and it's like, you won this game, but two performances before that weren't that great, and, and he said himself performance wasn't good. Is it like, 
how does he get him going again kind of thing? Mm. Or? Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit worrying when you've got a guy like Solskjaer come out saying it because he's so yeah. beaten, he loves it so much. So you've got to wonder whether he knows something behind the scenes that we don't really know. So obviously the likes of Pogba flirting with Madrid and what have you. You've, you've got to wonder whether he knows something else because you've got Herrera jumping ship. Herrera's beating his chest halfway through the season. You know, he was United through and through. Now he's getting off. Do you think Solskjaer is the man that can make a difference in the dressing room now? Because he is endlessly positive and we were talking yeah. out, out before the show saying how he's got into this job going, it's my dream job, which is very easy when everything's going right and everything's going well. Easiest job in the world. You can carry on being a nice guy. You can pat people on the back. And I do think it's underselling the job he's done at United completely to say he has just gone in there and been a nice bloke because I think there's so much more to what he's done than that. But has he got the personality to now go in there and the players that are underperforming maybe call him out for bad performances or be the bad guy that can turn it around? Because you sometimes need a stick and a carrot, don't you? Yeah, I think he has. I think he's got that bit, that, that side about him, you know, where he can turn around and say, look, it's not good enough. And, and if you don't, you know pick up I'll, I'll play the youth players this is because you've got to understand that he's that philosophy he's come from Fergie's mould so he's not just going to put up with the crap if he ain't performing let him go and Pogba I mean I, I think he's amazing he's a, he's a brilliant footballer but it'd be nice to be able to say I can count on one hand the amount of bad games he's had this season but you can't you can count on two hands and your feet do you know what I mean he's not he's not been world class every game for far far from it yeah, he's still got 14 goals this season, which is a decent return for a midfielder. So he has been one of the more creative and one of the more influential players, even though he's had these bad... Yeah, just, yeah, just... yeah he's, definitely, he's definitely chipped in, but... Do you think, Brian, do you think we've had a bit of a reminder that despite what Ollie's achieved when he came in, that we still are, have a long way to go? Because people forget oh, we were man. 11th, or whatever we were. You know, and yeah, his work's a miracle, and we, we've got, a, you know, we've got some rebuilding to do, and people have almost dismissed that. We talk about rebuilding. We've got to build a bigger wall than Donald Trump has. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've got a job, a job in the summer. Because half the team is going to go. He's going to bring in you for. He's going to have to buy. If he's going to buy, he's going to be paying over the odds anyway. So, so where do you go? It's, Amazing. You need to build a, a bigger wall than Donald Trump. You need Brilliant, to outsource Brian. it to China. Nice or something one. like that, that uh, Brian cheers for coming on thank <laughs> you very Brian. much for that right 0345 111176 if you want to get involved sorry I'll just give the full number instead of half of it <laughs> 0345 111725 if you want to get involved we are going to get on to Manchester City very shortly a dominant 25 minutes or so against Fulham was enough to beat the Cottagers and all but relegate them to the Championship and for Manchester City they are still on for the quadruple your views on that <sighs> plus I want your thoughts on this little quote from Mo Salah after the Liverpool Spurs game on Sky Sports yesterday where he compared himself to a certain Argentinian I didn't score for a couple of games yeah okay but there is some players also has, has the same number of goals like me but they're saying like they have a best season of them life or them so far there is three four players no one talk about them they all just say like they have a good season I'm the only one have the best season and like, we'll have a two goal, two goal over me just two goals and they say well, this is one of the best season for him so far so I, I don't care too much I just play I want to win the Premier League that's the most important thing for me we'll get your comments on that very shortly on the Manchester Football Social Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. 
This is the Manchester Football Social. We chat everything blue and everything red. If you want to get involved, 0345 7625 is the phone number. Steve McInerney's over there. Hello. Jay Moddershead's over there. Hello. And we're going to kick off, not talking about red or blue, we're talking about a colour red, not talking about City or United, but talking about Liverpool after a little, because we can all get involved in a little bit of criticism <laughs> of Liverpool, can't we? Happily. Something, something for everyone there. Right. Everyone enjoys that. But it was Mohamed Salah's comments after Liverpool's jammy win over Spurs. <laughs> And it was a jammy win. It, it was indeed. a jammy win. Where he compared himself to Sergio Aguero. Check this out. I played it to you just before the break. Tajidin scored for a couple of games. Yeah, okay. But there is some players also has, has the same number of goals like me. But they're saying like they have a bad season of them live or them so far. There is three, four players. No one talk about them. They all just say like they have a good season. I'm the only one who has the best season. And Aguero has a two goals. Two goals over me. Just two goals. And they say well, this is one of the best seasons for him so far. So I, I don't care too much. I just play. I want to win the Premier League. That's the most important thing for me. <laughs> right. Two points from that, personally. <laughs> really, Carragher, Joe Begin. You're not having a bad season, Mo. Love me. <laughs> Love me. Be my friend. And secondly, the whole like, oh, I don't care at the end after you just spend 30 seconds comparing himself to Aguero. They're obviously hugely insecure at the moment mm. in terms of uh, people questioning the form. And Salah is obviously very aware of the criticism. And to me, that shows how much he's thinking about it from a personal perspective and how much it gets to him. Mm. You know, I can't remember the last time I heard a player genuinely compare themselves to someone else in the league. It doesn't happen for a reason, mainly because of like, the respect between fellow pros. And because when it does happen, you get people like myself now calling it out, essentially. Uh, I can totally see why people are saying, look, he's so shadow nerve there. Um, and to compare himself to Aguero, with all due respect, he's not there yet, so he can back off. Really. Is he having a bad season, though? Is Mo Salah having a bad season? Or was that he was just so good the previous season that by comparison well, he's not I mean, reaching those heights? I mean, technically he's doing all right, yeah. He obviously is. I mean... Last season was an anomaly, and I think most people tried to deny it wouldn't be, but it, it just was. He's not going to score 40 plus goals again, in my mm. opinion, um, because well, he's going to be hard the second time round. There's this no shock of the new factor to it. People defend deeper against Liverpool now because of the goals he scored the first season. Um, and he's going to have to take these comparisons or this pressure if he wants to play at the top. You've got to remember that this kind of pressure on Salah is pretty new, really, because other than maybe the pressure in his homeland, because he's obviously a big star in Egypt, yeah. he's been playing largely. Uh, for a smaller teams in a smaller spotlight he was a bit part player at Chelsea then he went back to Switzerland and then obviously did well at Roma but even then the, the scrutiny he's under uh, in the Premier League for Liverpool is much bigger uh, and he's thinking about it a lot uh, the best thing to say would be just like you know I'm supporting my team I scored quite a few goals I'm happy with performances and that's up for the manager but to bring other players into it especially a City player given the rivalry at the moment to me it shows that we're under his skin and I like that Do you think that's a sign that Liverpool are rattled in general? Definitely of course they are and like, I don't think they can deny that either like they, they are they, they'll try pretend they're not but quotes like that and it was like the quote as well he made recently where he said he'd happy to he'd be happy to sacrifice his Champions League dream to win the Premier League as well. I mean, like, what? what? My Who hero. What that? a hero. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so kind of you, Mo. You know, like, that's the kind of thing, like, it is. oh, it, it doesn't come across as selfish. It comes across as stupid. So, like, uh, he said that and now this. It shows, once again, he's thinking about himself again in two quotes inside a month. Um, to me, uh, I don't know, if I was a Liverpool fan, I guess as a Liverpool fan, I feel differently because they see no wrong at all. But in general, I wouldn't like those quotes. I always think it comes from the top down, this sort of stuff. And the yeah. amount of garbage that Klopp comes out with on a it regular basis. And all that stuff. You know, he lost, we, we drew United because half their team was missing. 
um, the, 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 the wind affects you because know, obviously the other team weren't playing with grass wind. being too dry grass being too yeah. dry the manager spouts drivel on a regular basis and, and I think if you're in the dressing room and that's your manager leading you and he's coming out with nonsense it's, you're going to be worried is a serial and you're going to start coming out with excuses yourself he is how many, how many finals has he lost that's what worries me if he gets to another final because sooner or later he's going to win one. Oh yeah it's logic isn't it I yeah. guess but law of averages I looked at this comment from Salah and I thought maybe he's got a point because he has scored 17 goals to Sergio's 19 he's got but, 7 assists this season but then you dig down into the numbers a little bit and you look at the amount of game time he's had compared yeah. to Sergio Aguero and it's staggering so Salah to score those 17 goals compared to Sergio's 9 has played 19. almost sorry 19 goals. 19, sorry, not 9. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's Two, going on here? 2,736 minutes compared to Aguero's 1,989 minutes. And when you look at it for number of minutes played per, per goal, Solar is behind Sterling, Aubameyang, Mane, Lukaku and Kane. It's the very, see, they name you him like Lukaku. It, he sort of teaches me that those stats don't always tell the true story. Because I remember last season, Lukaku had something like seven goals in his first 10 games or whatever, then went 10 games without yeah. scoring. So you look at it, you think, oh, seven goals in 20 games isn't that bad. But he just went on a massive drought. So it's where you're scoring mm. your goals and yeah. what chances you're missing and the rest of it. So obviously, if I'm a you know a Liverpool fan, well, I can't think of anything worse, <laughs> but if I was a Liverpool fan, I would be worried because you shouldn't be going out talking about the other players of another mm. team. No. Especially a team you're not even playing against at the time. If you'd have come out and said something about... Tottenham, you understand it's post Tottenham, it makes sense. But to start talking about Sergio Aguero, I think you need to turn that in. You're right. He, he, he's technically right. He's playing well and he, he's trying to defend himself. But as I said, no one, you never hear that ever. And there's a reason you don't hear it because it goes against, I guess, the the, the code of like kind of unspoken conduct in terms of professional yeah. between fellow players. Uh, and if Aguero needed any motivation to score more goals now, he's just given it him. He's just handed it on a plate to him. So. Do, do you remember when, when it used to be United and Arsenal and all that rivalry was going on? Yeah. And I think Fergie and Wenger are always big on don't mention the other players, you know, because Sky would always, oh, United have won again. What do you think of that to the Arsenal lot? And they'd be like, oh, we didn't watch it. Oh, I had stuff to do. And it, <laughs> I remember washing the dishes. Yeah, no, I remember Thierry Henry saying that when he was asked about the fact United had, had played that day. And it was the same with United players. It was like, don't, don't mention them because, you know, we focus on us. We're not bothered what they do. Right, we're going to move on to Manchester City now. We've got Hazard, who's waiting on the phone for absolutely ages to have a chip in on City. And the most amazing thing about the Liverpool game was how happy all the Liverpool fans and players were about going top, because I'm sure they said it was a tactical advantage being second in the league Wee. for some time now. But that seems to have changed now. So we've got Hafid, ha, Hafid on the line. So I'm pronouncing your name absolutely Hello. horribly, mate. But thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, okay. did, did you enjoy the win? It was a stunning 20 or 25 minutes from City at the beginning of that game, wasn't it, over Fulham? Honestly, mate, from that 20 to 25 minutes, mate, it just felt like that, you know, we just came back from the international break. We looked so packed and so, so fully energised. It's like, it's like we didn't go on the international break. But yeah, I really enjoyed that football within the tournament. But I watched Insane Company on YouTube and I agree with this <laughs> last comment about, um, about coasting. And I think that is very dangerous. We should be coasting when we are five or six nil up. But coasting while we are two nil up, mm, it's yeah. dangerous. And we are playing with fire, as your comments. We are playing with fire with fire. Yeah, do you think... In general, what did you say in your YouTube video? Essentially, uh, I'll sum up people who have watched the video. I said, um, like, we played well. Uh, a lot of people said, you know, we, oh, we just coasted towards the end. And I, to me, the coasting at 2-0 is a little bit risky. I don't think we coasted. I think we just played uh, quite poorly, to be honest, in the second half. And I think it needs to be registered and recognised because, uh, once again, coasting in the Premier League at 2-0 is not a good thing because it could be 2-1, then 2-all very quickly. Do you think it was um, intentional, yeah. mate? Or do you think it was just genuinely a case of we didn't play that well? Because, to me, Guardiola didn't look happy. 
In general, though, we're getting the points. That's all matters, I guess, isn't it? Because, you know, there's only potentially, if everything goes well, 14 games left of the season. So, fingers crossed there, mate. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed, yeah. Cheers, Hafiz. Thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate that. If you want to get involved, all 0345-111-7625. On the subject of coasting, surely playing Fulham and Cardiff this week, if you, 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 you've still got so many games and so many competitions. Yes. You can't go 110% for every single minute I'm of every not, single game. You have to coast at some point if you want to continue winning those games. I'm not against coasting. I think you, there's just good coasting and bad coasting. And I think in general, we gave the ball away a lot. Um, and I think a better team could have punished us. If you're going to coast, get to free. And I'm happy with that then, essentially, because I don't think 2 nils ever a safe... Uh, margin in the Premier League you know you could get a, a dodgy penalty or a freak goal and all of a sudden you, you're defending for 10-15 minutes and given you know uh, how tired legs are at this time of the season uh, it, it can easily be too hot essentially so I'm not against the idea of game management I just didn't think it was actually a good performance uh, I thought the second half City were a little bit sloppy on the ball uh, we were struggling to string three or four passes together if we just put a foot on the ball and killed the game and kept it and you know, the other lays started fair enough but to me it was just um, I think it was just post international break sloppiness because I think in general people forget how much information players take in when they're in an international break they get you know thrown information from the national team managers and they have to switch out uh, from that mode again to the Premier League and that Guardiola style so you know complex uh, there's a lot of information to absorb there I think you can take a game or two just to get back used to it um, essentially though, we won you know so it didn't really matter in the end but I think it's just worth being cautious on that front in terms of the coasting Two absolutely superb performances, though, from two yes. of the main men this season. Sergio Aguero, whose finish for the second <sighs> goal was inspiring. And Bernardo Silva, again, man of the match. Uh, on Aguero, firstly, how often do we see Aguero score from that you know, that tight angle? There's like so many photos of defenders looking back over the shoulder and the keeper looking over their right shoulder with Aguero on the floor. He just has this like mesmeric ability to find things from obtuse angles. And um, But that's Aguero, uh, and he's not showing any signs of slowing down at all. On 29 goals now, I think if Aguero gets near 40 goals this season, it means City have won a lot of trophies. So fingers crossed he gets there because at the moment um, he's on fire. Though having said that, uh, I got... Uh, uh, April Fool this morning with a, a text alert about Aguero being injured tonight honestly to wake up <laughs> that was terrifying uh, that was genuinely terrifying but on to Bernardo as well um, he's just so good uh, so good I've been so nervous for such a long time and most City fans will probably um, tell you this as well about David Silva uh, you know his long term successor and also we find a player now uh, who has that same level uh, probably uh, to be honest he works harder than Silva does and Silva works quite hard anyway but he runs like the running man and uh, he's tenacious he's so skillful and he scores goals that first goal of the weekend beautiful he cut and fired at home moments of magic to make a difference when we need him as well it feels like to me he could be I know this is blasphemy for some people but in the long run he could be, end up being better than David Silva um, which is lucky because I think he, in today's market it could be a bargain as well so good player how much longer has David Silva got at the club in that case I'd be interested to see what people think on this so if anyone's listening to this now text in on what's the number again 87711 yeah. about David Silva because uh, there's a lot of City fans worrying about his form at the moment uh, because 
he just looks like time's catching up with him a little bit. Um, I guess he will eventually. I'm hoping he's just like, you know, he's a dad now. He's a bit tired. He played a lot of the games at the start of the season. Kevin De Bruyne wasn't playing. And it's just a bit of form uh, kind of dropping off a cliff. But it could also just be time catching up with him. Um, I would say he'll be around next season. Uh, but I suspect he'll be more of a bit part player next season. There'll be people rotating with him. And then maybe the season after he might go back to Gran Canaria or something like that where... He spends a lot of time, you know. You mentioned at the beginning of the show that Bernardo Silva should be one of the players listed in the Player yep. of the Year awards. Jay, I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well, because <laughs> currently he isn't. He's not anywhere near. If you look at the odds online at the moment, this is for the PFA Player of the Year award, and I'm going to assume it's similar for the Sports Writer Player of the Year award, which is announced first. He's 66 to 1 to pick up that Shockingly award. Far. Above him... You've got Paul Pogba, Fernandinho, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, John Stones, Sergio Aguero, Raheem Sterling, and Virgil Van Dijk. The Stones one in the is baffling. As I said, I love John Stones, but that's just a strange one. Laporte's been a better defender for us, and he shouldn't be anywhere near there anyway. So, I um, think some of them, like Pogba, he's, he's always in the, the people's thoughts. He's always yeah. been spoken about. You know whether he has a good game or a bad game, but he has been played very well by and large since Ollie took over, especially. Mm. Um, and then the others, sort of the usual suspects. Van Dyke's got that publicity machine going for him that every single time anyone ever mentions him on certain news channels, it's like greatest <laughs> defender in the world ever trademark. Uh, but I, I, you know, it, it pains me listening to Steve talk about Silver um, Bernardo, even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which one? Do you yeah, want? yeah, exactly, <laughs> because that you know. As a United fan, you're looking at it and you're thinking, when the likes of Aguero, Silva, um, get on a bit, we've seen it slight now with company. Yeah. If they can't replace him, then they're going to fade. And when you hear that, oh, you know, he's a long-term successor to David Silva, that's just not what I want. I'm right. sorry to say, yeah, he really yeah, is. And, yeah. you know, Silva by name, by nature as well. Uh, he sh- maybe should be higher. Um, when you read out the players on the list, I guess there are a lot of good players there. Marnie's been fantastic. Salo will be up there. Um, Aguero generally has been great as well. Raheem Sterling is a very strong mm-hmm. candidate. And obviously, once again, you know, he's had a lot of good publicity recently, so he'll be very high. Uh, but for me, Bernardo um, probably has a very good chance of being City's player of the year. Um, and I suspect if he gets that, next season could be the season where he really, really takes people's attention. So, fingers crossed. It's an absolutely terrible list for anyone who supports United, though, isn't it? It is just City and <laughs> Liverpool players yeah. right the way through. To be honest with you, I never, I'm not just saying I don't care anyway, but these PFA <laughs> and play, writers players... You sounded like most law now, Jay. Listen, <laughs> we, I don't care. I'm just going to talk about it. We won the treble and David Ginola won the Player of the Year award. I'll never forget that and I'll never forgive it either. So it's Beautiful man, though, let's be well, honest. Yeah, oh yeah. Fair, you know, <laughs> fair, yeah. If it was on looks, fair enough. But uh, <laughs> that's why they're, uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not that important. Right, we're going to go from good players to terrible players. Because on the Manchester Football Social, we're forgetting about those combined Manchester 11s you get before the derby. In the run-up to this derby, we're looking for the worst ever Manchester 11. The worst players of the Premier League era to come out of Manchester. We're going to come up with an official team. The nominations open today, and I'm going to get Steve and Jay's opinions on what should be in the team next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. This is the Manchester Football Social, your place to talk about your team. And Steve McInerney's team is blue. It is indeed. Jay Mottishead's team is red. Yes. And I'm kind of refereeing in the middle, so I'm purple today. And in the build-up to the big games, you always get this thing that they do on Sky Sports and whatnot, where they come up with a combined 11, the best combined 11 from Liverpool versus Everton or from Manchester United oh. versus Manchester City. And the derby is round the corner. And we thought we'd do things a little bit differently at the Manchester Football Social. Instead of the best 11, we're coming up with the worst football 
footballers ever to play in this city. The worst <laughs> eleven based on Manchester United We've and this Manchester City's <laughs> yes, the city team. From yeah, essentially, nice. yeah. That'll, that'll probably win hands down. <laughs> Disastrous signings we want. We're going to come with an eleven eventually. So. We need your nominations to kick this off. Then we're going to whittle it down to a few and you can cast your votes on who you think should be in each position. You can get the list we've got so far and join in the nominations on our Twitter account at MCR Footy Social. But I thought we'd get Jay and Steve to chip in with their opinions of the worst players to wear the shirt for your club. Who's going to go first? You oh. look like you've got something to stay here, Steve. <laughs> who are you nominating for City? Now, I think it's important before you start... Because you said, oh, C- City are going to win this. And obviously, City's Premier League career or f- history has been slightly different to Manchester United in yeah. terms of the quality of players that have come in. It's very different now, of course. But I think it has to be tempered slightly with the expectations that were on that player when they signed, the level yeah. the rest of the team's at, and the transfer fee involved. I guess, yeah, you have to consider all the facts, and it's all relative, isn't it? Completely. But um, even then, relative and not City, have had some stinkers. You know, like, <laughs> genuinely, like, like League Two level players playing in the Premier League, we've managed that somehow. And some of them, sadly, were our own as well, the likes of, like, Uber Love Flood and Stephen Jordan, just yeah. very poor players. Um, but then we signed a bunch of Georgians as well after. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favourite City things, how we signed King Clad team for. He's good, we'll sign all his mates, and presume they'll be good as well. <laughs> I don't think all of them played in the Premier League, but we definitely signed, like, Murtaz Shalea, uh, Kavalashvili, uh, Scattered you can't spell any of them. Some of these are names I don't even remember. I'm impressed with your memory here, by the way, and your knowledge. And I presume they'd be good as well because they were Georgian. I presume Georgia were about to rule the world, but essentially we, we sang loads of plays like that and then oh we had just so Someone many in the club shops shops just gone at some point. We need to get rid of all these vowels. <laughs> yeah. All the shirts. Yeah. Who can we get in? The likes of as well, like um, karate. Uh, there's loads of players from around the Stuart Pierce time that just made me just sad, just physically sad. Um and then I guess We've been a bit spoiled in terms of the current era. I guess you could say Boney was a stinker and genuinely had oh, really yeah. bad. I mean, he still probably would be our best player in the nineties or whatever. But mm. in general, uh, he, he was really poor. Um, if you had to personally plump for one name from one. the list that you'd go for, let me. F- um, oh, it's too many. It's too many. I'm going to go for someone like Jerry Creaney. And a left, oh, like a, yeah, yeah, I remember a him. Shocker. Uh, he was terrible. He might even be... I can't remember he's the Premier League because I was only about nine, but... I think you are. I might be wrong. Well, do you know what? I'm going to say Stephen Jordan, a terrible fullback. Stephen even Jordan. Even one of our own, but... I sorry, Stephen. I don't even remember him. I remember... He's, he's the one, I think he's the one who stamped on Ronaldo, I think. Was that him? I, I think so, was, yeah. All right. Yeah, I do remember him then. That was his claim to fame. But <laughs> I was going to... Not that it's, you know, I know it's your call, but I was talking to you before, and it, Michel Vonk was someone who stood out for me. Yeah, he was... He, was, he could not play the offside trap to save his life, but we he had, always tried. We had some bad centre-backs. We had um, Matomo as well. He was really poor. Uh, Michael Fronzek. Oh, wow. It's easier to name bad players than it is good, isn't yeah. it? I'm just working this, this out. This is, I was saying to you, well, this is the city I miss and love. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> happens to you know this, what? I, hey. I, I love them because... Never mind your Aguero's. They taught me humility, put it that way. Bring um, back your Carl Griffiths. Go on then, Jay. You can name your Manchester um, United worst player. I have to say, I was looking through a list of the people that have been suggested by other people on Twitter and some of the names that have come up and Martin came up with a whole 11 on Twitter and two of them were current players he put Sanchez <laughs> and rather cruelly Phil Jones no, I think, his 11 I think we, need to, we need to be realistic here yeah. I think the thing with Sanchez is he's probably the most disappointing player yeah. I don't. I can't remember maybe other than Veron a player who's coming who, who I was adamant would be a superstar This is he's made yeah. for this club he's going to take us to the next level City were, were about to walk the title and we're in for him 
you know, he, this is it. We've, we, you know, we remember the piano playing advert that yeah. went out all the nonsense, the number seven shirt, and he's just disappointed. Obviously, he's not our worst player. We were talking a minute ago, and Steve actually brought up Bebe as, as a good example. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mas- Massimo Tahibe is another one. Obertan. Uh, Obertan was one of my choices. I think, I think with United, because we've always been there or thereabouts in terms of title challenges, you look at players that have disappointed you the most rather than have been awful because we haven't had yeah, many truly awful players if we're being honest because you know they're playing for Manchester United challenging for a title mm. in, the, in the squad they've usually been at a fairly decent standard but there's one or two players who flattered to deceive you know when I look, think about the likes of Jordi Cruyff he was a great player and then yeah just tailed off and was, was towards the end he just looked like he didn't want to be there one player that stands out was uh Mamadouf, he was uh, he he was pretty bad. Yeah, there was a, there was an era where we bought the likes, we bought Ronaldo, but we also bought like Bellion and Dijemba Dijemba and players <laughs> like that. And it was just we went out and bought like five or six youngsters. And Ronaldo was just that good. People forget about the four or five who weren't up to up to much scratch. It's some of that from a Manchester United point of view, though, the fact that you're fishing in quite a small pool because you're looking at players that can improve your squad. And City, you'll find this now that when you're a Swansea City or a West Ham United or a Birmingham City there's a lot of players you can bring in to improve your team when yeah. you're a Man City now or a United in the late it's 90s hard, there aren't many players that can actually there was there was, there was, a, there was an era as well where Wenger we're talking again we've talked about this before Wenger came and had this reputation yeah, buying his young player and you can see Fergie sort of sitting for hang on a minute I'm not having this I, I can do that I, I can do that <laughs> so he just went out and bought like every youngster he could get his hands on to try and mould them into the next start and unfortunately like 90% of them weren't good enough and there was like the Ronaldos and the Rooney who was yeah. already a ready made star to be fair who were so yeah we went through this stage of buying a lot of youngsters who just they weren't terrible players by any stretch of the imagination but they weren't great I don't think you've nailed your colour to the mast yet with a single pick Oh, I'll, I'll go just because of the the fact he, he he's still famous. He's Massimo Tahibi as the goalkeeper, yeah. even though he did get man of the match in his first game against Liverpool. Which goal? So, when which game was it? He let the goal in for his legs. Southampton. Matt Letizia with a uh, daisy cutter from about sixty-seven yards out in the last minute. <laughs> just <laughs> one of them, you know. Like he, he'd come on, I think, because Subban was like, "Oh God, I'll, I'll have a shot on goal Isn't while I'm here." You know, when your keeper's bad or not, just after a couple of games, you just yeah. know, don't you? This keeper's yeah. essentially a doom, regardless. Like Bravo, yeah. just thinking, he's, you know, against yeah, you guys. No hiding. Yeah. And you can't after keeper. that. It's like, yeah, unless you're a freaking agent. Like in general, just, most of them just can't handle it. We've had a text heat. in defending Michelle Vonk, by the way. Oh, Vonk was brilliant, <laughs> and Jason Van Blerk is not only the worst oh, City yes. player ever, but the worst player for any team ever. Right, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to argue. See, with I City thought he was about Michelle uh, Vonk. Division One. I can't, maybe I can't remember. I was only young. Well, do you know what? It's a hot topic, and there's plenty of debating to be had. <laughs> if you want to make your nomination, you've got a couple of days at MCR Footy Social. We'll let you know when you can vote. We'll come up with some shortlists, and you can vote for who you think should make it. But get online, get on Twitter, make your nomination now. That's about it from the Manchester Football Social. Jay, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Good to speak to you guys. Thank you very much Cheers, for coming man. on. Make sure you get the podcast. Subscribe via wherever you get your podcasts. Manchester the football social search that now find the podcast hit subscribe and never miss an episode manchester football social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show right boys before we go on our merry way i want to go through some of the transfer rumors because we're getting towards silly season already and there's a few rumors floating around about who could be going where and who might be transferring to where and basically what's going to happen over the summer period. So we've talked about Paul Pogba already, but there's some reports today in both the 
Spanish media and some of the English media that Pogba could be off to Real Madrid, but there might be a player coming the other way as well, which is Gareth Bale or Tony Cross. Uh, uh, both very, uh, very good players. That I would, ha- I would actually be happy if Gareth Bale came to United. A lot of United fans have been saying we don't want Gareth Bale. I don't know why, because I think if you had Gareth Bale in United it's shirt, knees, isn't it? I, I know, guess. I know, but I think if he's playing, if he's in the in the team, he's, he's still a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, I wouldn't want to see Pogba leave though. I think it makes a, it makes a, it's a better offer than what Barcelona offered last season, which I think was two players that are now at Everton and about ten million <laughs> quid or something, which was an absolutely ridiculous offer for. Paul Pogba who just won the World Cup yeah. but uh, yeah I, I don't know it, if it was it, either or between Paul Pogba or Gareth Bale who'd you have? Pogba well, yeah. I, 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 Steve said he's Bale you give me Bale five years ago yeah. I'd probably pump for Bale because he's a born match winner and you know I you, just love he's only 29 still he feels like he's around forever doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, is. Is he and once again Tony Cruz as well is only 29 but um, both fantastic footballers but to me, I don't know. Surely you want to be rebuilding, not signing yeah, players. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not is that a forward line. move? That getting rid of Pogba and bringing in. It's a bit quality of a, players, but they're definitely like someone else's. It's a bit of a, a, a money ball move, isn't it? It's yeah. not. It doesn't. It might, might make some financial sense, but it doesn't make anything from a footballing sense. The Daily Mail are talking about. I mean, that's the bastion of everything you believe in football. <laughs> is talking about talking about tra- Brexit. <laughs> the, for a change. Uh, yeah. the the hot ticket in world football at the moment in UK football, Aaron Wambasaka. The Crystal Palace oh, defender, oh, yes. United and yes. City, both we'll being have him. You don't need him. We right. don't. To fair, we don't. But we've got Ashley Young and others uh, <laughs> uh, approaching the twilight of their career. Even though I'm an Ashley Young fan, um, Wambasaka, I love this guy. I, I, he'd be top of my wish list because I think he's a player that would massively improve the team. I compared it to when City bought Kyle Walker. He just seemed to sort just of give you that solid. extra dim- yeah. dimension, and I think we're missing that. Mm. especially down that right hand side so yeah I, I'd you need be a definitely... specialist don't you you just need a specialist yeah. right back I mean the yeah. load like he's only young still isn't he so yeah and I think for him for me for him he, everyone's sort of super excited about him and he's an exciting player but you've, you've got to wait a little bit to see if he's he's, cut, he's ready to cut out for the Premier League but bring in Wambasaka regardless of whether the load's up to it or not because he's just a top top draw player um, and it'd pay me if he, if he didn't come to us especially if he ended up going to Sitter that's the thing as well with City now is like we've got good fullbacks we have I can't complain too much but if we were to bring on anyone at right back I want him to be someone who's special you know potentially special because um, because Walker's just very good you know he's not, mm. I'm not saying he's special in the way like someone like Marcello is at Real Madrid but Walker still is one of the most reliable fullbacks in world you football know, one thing I never got with Gareth South getting a World Cup was the bringing in Trippier and moving Walker into the middle yeah I just didn't get that move I just didn't I just, it just made, didn't make much sense Trippier's been one of those poor this season we're well. just trying to yeah. accommodate as yeah, many players as possible for me, that's one of your, that's one of your first moves is Carl Walker at right back. You know that's mm. that's nailed on. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Um, well, he scored a free kick, so everyone was happy. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, it's sort of got a on the carpet because he scored that free kick. Like, oh, it's a, a genius move by Southgate. But I remember thinking at the time, and I still think that no, just didn't make a lot of sense to me. If I'm being honest. Jay, Steve, thank you very much. Cheers. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Never miss an episode, and we'll see you next time.